You're basically John the Baptist for the league. Well, it needs one. It needs a messiah to come after you. You end up beheaded, but, you know, yeah. for, for the good of the game. Well, you'd be willing to lay down your life, right? OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We've been hearing this week from loads of the hurlers who played under Brian Cody. Uh, yesterday we had Dermot the Rocco Sullivan on talking. He had a great story about the all-star trip to Argentina about where Cody gave him a little bit of advice after he was getting the runaround from Damien Hayes uh, to get more about what it was actually like to come up against his teams. I'm delighted to say we're joined by Seamus Hickey. Seamus, good morning to you. How are you getting on? Morning, Ger. Morning, guys. Um, Talk to us about Cody and what kind of an impact he had on the careers of the players who came up against him. Because obviously, I think maybe by the time you go up against him for the first time, his legend is beginning to be burnished. We're beginning to understand the force of personality and power because he's he's basically onto his second team already by that stage. He's, he's taken an Ireland winning team. He's kicked most of them out and he's brought through a crop of youngsters who it turned out were absolutely sensational. So what, what was your experience of it like? So I grew up um, basically and was formed uh, in underage hurling while he was getting a hurling manager. Um, and, you know, when I got to the All-Ireland Minor Hurling Final in 2005, um, it was Cork and Kilkenny uh, were, were dueling it out. And it was, it was uh, I got onto the senior panel in 06 when, uh, when it was Cork were going for three in a row uh, and it was Kilkenny that was stopping him. Uh, and it was, I know it was uh, at the time it was the likes of a Donald O'Grady or a John Allen, uh, and the Cork current personalities that were as equally formative uh, to the, the kind of the environment that I came into. But what I was absolutely sure of was in Kilkenny. Um, a just I suppose what stood out to me about Kilkenny was their physicality. They were all you know, especially the likes of you know. I was a huge fan of Noel Hickey as a player. I was a huge fan of Peter, of Peter Barry, etc. Back, and you know these were the kind of guys that I was looking up to. I was all defenders, really, um, and, and you know I was just massively impressed with their their physicality, their ability to hurl, um, and it was just a great time, I suppose I'd say, for hurling at the time. But you know, when I came in uh, in '06, uh, we had you know we had a kind of a half decent run, got to an honour quarter final, and lost to Cork. Uh, but the following year, then we managed to get to the Ireland final against Kilkenny, uh, and it was that team. Then obviously it was the, the super team uh, that we ran up against, and we weren't really aware of how good they were at the time. Uh, so it was it was a bit of a, you know, we, we felt we felt we had a chance. Um, so it was one of those things where um, you know what stood out to me, and and one of the main experiences about that weekend um, for me was. Uh, it was Kilkenny had exceptional talent, and uh, their intensity and do say their their aggression in the game was second to none. It was unparalleled, and it was one of those things where you know I, I would have taken over that for years to come. But it was if you can't meet the intensity stakes and the physicality stakes at the very beginning, well then you're not in the game to win a hurling game. Uh, you're not in the game to match them in skill or to to beat them on the scoreboard. You, you just have to make you have to match. Uh, that physicality and intensity at the beginning, but on the on the the Sunday of the Ireland 2007, I was in the corner expecting to be marking uh, Richie Power, and I'd set myself up for it during the week, and I'd I'd watch video of Richie Power, and I was expecting him to be my my job, um, 
and Eddie Brennan arrived into my corner. Um, and Henry Shefflin arrived in full forward and Stephen Lucy. And, you know, we had Richie Power out center forward. We had uh, a number of changes at the beginning that we had to adapt to. Now, we had played the Watford team that year in the All-Ireland semi-final where the six Watford forwards never had a position. <laughs> and John Milan could turn up anywhere. Uh, Paul Flynn could turn up anywhere. Um, you know, we had played that. But it was it was something completely different, um, you know. Again, Shefflin at the edge of the square was was unnerving, um, and you know the likes of Eddie Brennan then coming into my corner. Um, again, you know, I, gosh, the first ten minutes of that game were an absolute nightmare of a start, um, and it was just it, it, to, to me afterwards, and it stood out, and it was a tough learning experience for me as a hurler. But it was just how. And it, how the the matchups for Kilkenny were always key. How Cody found the matchups, um, and it was in right the way through the Galway games they played later on, and the Tipperary games when they used to move players around on Lark Corbett, when they used um, when they used to put their forwards in different configurations again against the uh, against Tipperary six, six backs. I always found that they were looking for uh, an opportunity to to exploit. Uh, not necessarily a weakness, but definitely a strength of theirs. Um, so it, it was it was one of the massive learning experiences that I had early days, and that was that was 07. And then they cast a shadow uh, over over my this was my career because uh, we met them so often. And it was a lot, a lot of times at the end of our year. <laughs> so you know it was it was 07. It was 012. It was 12. It was 14. It was 17. Um. And and every time, um, I suppose, in we, we were always kind of respected by Kilkenny. To be fair, as giving them a game uh, in a time when you know a lot of teams weren't giving them a game. Uh, and all, what I always distinctly remember about Cody was his after-game uh, comments. So he used to always come in after games. And what always stood out to me about his personality was he was incredibly intense and competitive uh, on the sideline and uh, anything to do around the game as soon as the game was over he was like um, he was like a disciple of the game he was he was a hurling uh, he was a hurling fan uh, and a hurling man first and every time he used to come into our dressing room and lots of different managers have come into our dressing rooms at different times uh, obviously after after games but uh, he was incredibly sincere um, now 07 I remember very little because <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't in the mind frame to take in much in but uh, 2012, we met him in the Northern quarterfinal in Thurles. And uh, we were starting to get better again after an absolute nightmare of a, uh, of a time in, in 2010. And we were starting to build back up. Um, and 2013, then we actually went down to, 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 to get to Northern semi-final again. But um, in, four, in, in 12, he came into our dressing room. And in a very sincere uh, and absence of any patronizing tone at all he just he told us that that hurling needed Limerick and, and it just uh, it needed Limerick strong it needed Limerick uh, at the top table with the with the other you know the Tipperaries the Corks the Kennys um, because it was good for the game and I you know I don't think for a second he wanted Limerick to beat Kilkenny uh, but he wanted them strong and, and he and he wanted you know the, the work that we were doing uh, to continue and that you no, know, he he. It was it was one of those days. He, he could actually feel like he was giving you the team talk. Um, it was absolutely. It was like it was like he was part of your 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 management team at times. Um, 
because it wasn't it wasn't that dissimilar at all in 2014 when we we ran them so close in the All Ireland semi final and arguably we should have we should have beaten them. Uh, we've you know possibly had to you know probably played better on the day but conceded two goals at the worst possible times at the end of the ha- at either half. So I remember he just he he, he fiercely he fiercely encouraged uh, and kind of endorsed the the work we were doing in Limerick. Uh, and that actually left a, a very, very long and lasting mark on me uh, going uh, as I played. But it was also kind of, if you're talking about the effects that he had in his players, I met Henry Shefflin after the 2014 All-Ireland semi-final. And when Henry had come on now, uh, he came on as a sub, it was one of his last years, and he was greeted with about six shoulders from our, our six backs. Everybody was encouraged to, to give Henry a few lumps. Uh, but Henry had been a consummate competitor. Um, you know, I, I met him the week after the game and I was I was in agony. You know, I, we'd come so far and we were waiting to make a breakthrough. And it was again a black and amber journey, the jersey that had stopped us. Um, and I was saying, oh, yeah, I suppose, you know, we did well. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah, yeah. He goes, but Donald Gray, he should have been sent off. He should have been, he should have been, he'd have been out to 14 men. And... Uh, and there was two frees in the first half we weren't given I was like Gene you back in like, what the? I was like, he, he won the game I, I'm, I'm dying here uh, give me some bit of sympathy or, or something uh, but it, to me that was that was a kind of a hallmark of the man that was above him it was just that that sheer intensity of of competition and, uh, imagine, and I met him imagine what Sorry. it would have been like if you'd beaten him I, well to be honest though, I don't think he would have talked to me about it. but uh, we, we, on a serious note it was it was it was telling, and and I kind of always saw a lot of parallels between Shefflin as a leader and, and Cody as a leader. Um, I, I I kind of thought there were two sides of the same coin, really. Um, but I met I met Cody in in Austin, uh, Texas, on the All Star trip. Then after that, um, similar to Dermot, but again, just uh, Brian was there with with his with his lovely wife and uh, just an absolute gentleman. Um, and again, it's hard, it's hard to keep saying this without it sounding uh, uh, insincere or patronising, but he genuinely was. He was like, you're you're doing great things and, you know, keep knocking on the door and the door will open. And, um, you know, I hugely admired him and uh, to kind of, you know, I, I aspired to have his respect. And, and a lot of Kilkenny or Limerick hurlers, you know, we just really wanted, you know, to be respected and, and to be, a genuine threat <laughs> in the competition uh, and ultimately then to try and break through. But um, it was that kind of thing where uh, you knew that there was, there was three certainties in life at that stage. Uh, it was, it was death taxes and, and Kilkenny waiting in an Ireland semi-final. So it was, uh, it was, it was a tough time to be, to be uh, playing against him. Did he try to give you any coaching nuggets in that trip to Austin? At that trip, no, because it was actually there was a good share of Kenny boys around me at the time because um, they had won fifteen, so it was the the, the two year, it was fourteen fifteen that went, and uh, so they, I suppose, uh, that year uh, in Austin, he was over our team uh, in the in the uh, for the the game, so the the two managers uh, um, himself and um, I can't remember who was the second one. Jamie Liam Sheedy maybe oh he was gone no it, it wasn't Liam it wasn't him because he had stepped away but uh, uh, yeah Brian was over our team he goes lads we're here we might as well win this game <laughs> and uh, it was uh, it was one of those things where I always thought the, the All-Star game was a 
was was a, a lost opportunity to play a really good hurling in a place where where it's not seen that often. Uh, I wasn't. I, I was one of the few people who thought that. Uh, so, but Cody was of this. He was basically we're here representing the game. Let's let's give the game as good as we can give. Um, and he, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was funny. He, he put me sent. He put me cornerback um, on. Um, I think it was Colin Finley, and he told me about Colin, and it was basically like, uh, "You got to get out in front of him. You're not going to win. You're not going to. You're you're not going to beat him in a foot race." And I was like, "Thanks, Brian." <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news: Colin Finley yeah, super fast. Was, yeah, yeah, he was like, uh, "Yeah, Colin's fast." I was like, "Genie, mate, this is this is this is how you're winning all Ireland. It's great." So, but it was it genuinely it was a, it was a great experience, and like that, just that desire to to have his respect was kind of a driving force for me. Um, because uh, you know he was, to me he was one. He was one of the the greats of the game, uh, and that was that was early on in, in my career. I, I would have can seen I, that. Can I just go back to two thousand and seven? I, I presume it's difficult, or maybe it's not difficult for you to talk about now because you have an all medal at the end of your career and you make a great comeback from that to end up being an all star and your young hurler of the year that year. But um, after ten minutes, two three to no score, and the first goal and the second goal come in about a 45 second period it feels like um, the first one is Eddie Brennan just getting out yeah. in front of you going around you and then basically passing the ball to the net with a bit of pace and the second one is just a massive long ball into Henry who's one on one and it looks like he's throwing the ball into the net but obviously his stick work is so fast that the camera barely mm-hmm. catches it and he's just tapping it in and it's literally game over at that stage right? Like, Did you feel like you could come back? So the, the first one, so I was a bit shell shocked after the first one. So and and, and corner forwards have scored goals for like it's it's one of those things where you you kind of recover from. But um, it was just I, I, I suppose for me it was the uh, especially Eddie. So I was roughed up in the corner. I was um, uh, you know I was physically dominated um, in 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 the corner. And so the, the first few balls that came in, you know before the ball even got there I was hit uh, the ball got there I tried to compete and I lost the competition uh, but the, the 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 goal was from a sideline ball where I thought I was actually in decent position I was goal side uh, and I thought it was fine um, but it was I think pretty, Eddie caught it on the turn turned and, and kept running and just again like you said he was he was close enough then at that stage where he could actually just pick his spot and touch it in um, but it, the, the, the Henry goal was like after the, the Eddie goal, we said, "Okay, fair enough. You know, this is a shit start. We can." Um, but uh, after the, the Henry goal, it was like, "Oh dear, okay, this is this is our nightmares." Um, and it was my, it, I suppose, what who would have felt it most was myself and Stephen Lucy. Uh, we were kind of, you know, we'd have been fairly solid uh, t- together, but we were both rattled uh, after it. And so, you know, the rest of the team actually played exceptionally well. And it's very, very difficult to, to see that in hindsight, but that. That uh, that team, the, like Ollie Moore, had an exceptional game that year. That day, um, you know, we did have good performances. Mike Fitzgerald played well in the wing. Uh, we we had good performances around the field. Brian Geary played very well centre back. Um, it's just, uh, I suppose, the the start was so hard to recover from. Uh, and we lost by we lost by six points in the end, which was actually the closest anybody got to them in the four year run. Yeah, and and you're nine down after ten minutes. So um, you're nineteen at that stage, are you? Maybe twenty, just turned. Uh, yeah, I was 19, 19 in, in 07. So essentially the manager's like, let's pick on the young guy. Eddie Brennan, you get in there and you, you see what he's made of. And like, it is a baptism of fire. Did the fact that you got Young Herder of the Year help to ease the pain a little bit to give you the confidence to come back from that? Because a lot of people get brutalised in an all final like that and are like, okay, thanks very much. I've had enough now. 
Yeah, well, it, it, to be fair, it, it, what it did was it told me that I was probably too nice a cornerback. Um, and the players I had marked that year, Owen Kelly, uh, John Milan, and you know who was oh, and in Seamus Butler for for Tipperary as well, uh, in the three games we played against them, I, I was I was probably just too nice, uh, and that, that that was a good lesson. Um, but what I realised was playing cornerback, and I I looked at the likes of Jackie Tyrrell, um, and I looked at the likes of uh, of Kavanagh in the corner for Kilkenny, and I was there going, okay, you know they're they're the gold standard. Um, you know, and I was looking at Brian Murphy in Cork as well. Like they weren't, uh, they weren't the, the the nicest guys in the field, and that's what I kind of had to t- teach me. And like Eddie Brennan afterwards, uh, you know, like I never forget it at the All Stars um, when I went up there, and I was feeling, you know, again, you were probably still, you know, feeling even any award you get is a bit, you feel a bit of a fraud. Like, but uh, you go up there, and it was the Kenny boys were the first ones to shake my hand when I got up to the to the seats uh, to when you get your reward and it was you know that was that left a last, last impression on me and when you actually socialise with the Kenny boys afterwards you realise that um, you know they're they're incredibly good at what they do but there's there's really good stuff in them and that they were really really sound men uh, when they cut loose they cut loose uh, and they were, they were they were gents and that was it was kind of part of the culture that was built in Kilkenny I thought it was that you know you know there was there was this kind of uh, this kind of patriot way uh, in Kilkenny, if you understand my, my meaning from the American football side of things. Uh, you know, you were expected to, to to carry the 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 Kilkenny brand with you, and you were expected to to represent it well. Um, and I thought that was I thought it was that was, that was evident, and it was it was Eddie it was Eddie who shook my hand the first uh, time up there that day, uh, and uh, it was one of those things where you know it was you lost on the day and, and you, you got on it yeah yeah no it turns out they're all good fellas and uh, they're all like deep thinkers on the game and deeply understand how a game should be won and lost it made it very difficult to hate them uh, I'll be honest uh, which you know it didn't help me over the years but uh, it, they were exactly that uh, they just didn't talk in, in the media that often they didn't they weren't um, as notable around the place until a lot of them retired and then you know realised oh gee there's actually an awful lot more to all these guys and lucky enough, I think that we're getting to understand that about the Limerick lads now in the middle of us, that there are really great characters there and their stories are really interesting. I don't know if that's a conscious effort that they're making for that or think, just automatically I, happened. I think you'll find, I think you'll find a lot of, even with Joe Schmidt's time in, in, in the Iron Rugby setup, you, you just have this, you're, you're encouraged to keep everything about the, the game and anything that is peripheral that is not contributing to you being good at the game isn't isn't essential it's not necessary and, and don't put a whole pile of time into it um you know it was it's it just it, you need to, you need to focus on, on on the one thing and i think it was uh it was lebron james i think was it in, in all the different uh activities that he goes on between advertising between movies i mean he goes remember at the end of it all it's it's the one thing that matters and the one thing is is, is the game and and I think I think that's kind of frustrating as well at times for for, for for media and things like that when you do know that guys have great personality and they're not they don't kind of give or show a lot of themselves uh, while they're in it but you know I think the great ones um, they they save all or you know ninety percent ninety five percent of their energy for for their craft um, 
And, you know, it, it, I don't, especially in Limerick, we were never banned from talking to the media, goodness knows. Uh, we were we were given great freedom, but it's just, it's not the one thing. And the one thing is is is, is hurling and the one thing is winning yeah. all early. And I felt like that looking in at Kilkenny. Yeah, 100%. Shame, it's great stuff. That was brilliant. Thanks a million for sharing that with us. Cheers. Thanks, for, thanks guys. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.